Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of Extra Extra. It's all about whiskey. I am your whiskey wizard, and today, and as always, here he is, the whiskey cherub. Welcome. Ba-boom. <laughs> what, a, what a good lad you are. <laughs> so I was perusing through my, my latest issue of Wealth Briefing. News Insight Intelligence. <laughs> I'm so glad you have a subscription to Wealth Briefing. Okay, there you go. And, and an article entitled The Satisfying Burn of Whiskey Investing caught my eye. And I thought, this is a subject to bring in front of the whiskey cherub. <laughs> my gears are already grinding. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. Uh, I knew I could wind you up with this uh. one. So our article today comes from Tom Burroughs, group editor mm-hmm. of Wealth Briefing. This is to be found at wealthbriefing.com. And it was posted February 1, 2021. Oh, that's timely. That's today. There you go. And so we have the, the opening salvo here. Some bottles sell for huge sums, and the market for fine whiskey has posted the kind of price gains that attract high net worth investors, among others. A new way of tapping into the market in Singapore opened up with the launch of asset-backed securities connected to whiskey. Can such investing warm investors' portfolios? So that is the setting of the scene for the article. Can you describe to our listeners the color of my face <laughs> as you read that opening salvo? You you look like you have spent 30 years in a first fill sherry butt. Let me <laughs> let me leave it at that. Um, I, I will say if, if you're new to Extra Extra, uh, Joshua or I bring an article to the attention of the other. We read through it in the first half of the episode. We then editorialize, chit-chat, have a back and forth in the second half of the episode. And we try to get this turned around in a tight 30, sometimes a tight 35. But know that we do try to limit ourselves in some way even if it doesn't always look like it. So, are you ready for the reading, Joshua? I, w- I woke ready, Jason. Woke ready. <laughs> Hashtag woke ready. <laughs> Lovers of fine drinking recently marked Burns Night, a major fixture in the Scottish calendar, by consuming their favourite brands of single malt whisky, not to mention the meat dish of haggis. Parenthetical comment... Readers' mileage may vary about their appetite for such a dish. Hmm. Close parenthetical comment. A fortnight ago, Rare Cask Holdings, PTE, a wholly owned subsidiary of Prime Partners Corporate Finance Holdings, listed asset-backed securities linked to casks of whiskey on Singapore's HG Exchange. And then we have one more paragraph of setup, and then it goes into a series of questions hmm. that Tom Burroughs has put before Rare Cask Holdings. Okay. So, the market for fine wine and whiskey, along with other collectibles such as classic Ferraris, 
Patek Philippe wristwatches and Fabergé jewellery attracts large sums. I love, love, love glancing at your face <laughs> at the corner of my I'm eye so, while I'm reading this to I'm you. I'm so angry right <laughs> now at every word you're reading. As soon as I read that sentence, I was like, I cannot not bring this to Joshua's attention. <laughs> this is absolute perfection. The allure is both the pleasure of owning and hopefully using the items and also profiting from a rise in its value. At a time when central banks have hosed markets with liquidity, there are concerns about eventual inflation. Collectibles can, so some argue, be an inflation hedge, and some investors are switching to funds and similar structures to tap into these assets rather than buying and selling directly, such as through an auction. A specialist industry has sprouted, which employs some of the modern tech platforms used to trade more conventional assets. The value of whiskey has surged by 582% since 2009, according to Knight Frank's 2019 Wealth Report. Ah, take that, GameStop. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Hashtag timely. Some bottles sell for huge sums. A 1926 60-year-old Macallan Michael Dillon label fetched £1.2 million, approximately $1.64 million, in 2018. Another similar bottle fetched £1.5 million in 2019. Source, the drinks business, December 2020. This news service, so Wealth Briefing, talked to Rare Cask Holdings about the Singapore venture. Not that we'd like to spend time editorialising during the reading of the article, but is there anything you'd like to say at this point, Joshua? <sighs> I'm going to take mean, this you... as a no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I started off angry and filled with words, but now I'm just exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> well, save it for the second half and let's see what okay. we hear along the way. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so question. This is from Tom Burrow's Wealth Briefing for Rare Cask Holdings. Mm-hmm. What sort of investment returns do you achieve from investing in a mix of whiskies? Answer. Over the past decade, whiskey has quietly come into its own as an underrated investment asset, enjoying more liquidity than many other luxury asset investments, including fine wine. In October 2018, a bottle of rare single malt scotch whiskey, the Macallan Valerio Adami 1926, was sold for £700,000, approximately $961,000, setting a new world record price. Just a year later, the same bottle was sold for an impressive $1.5 million at an auction held by Sotheby's. The total value of whiskey traded through auction rose 37% in 2019 to a record high of 70.5 million euro, approximately 85.7 million dollars, from 51.5 million euro in 2018. So there you go. So there's an increase of approximately 20 million euro 
in the space of a year. Whiskey, oh, you're going to love this sentence, Joshua. Mm. Whiskey is a unique investment asset. Son of a bitch! Because it is sought after for both consumption and investment purposes. As bottles from a rare cask are consumed, every remaining bottle from that cask becomes rarer and more valuable, possibly providing a long-term hedge against inflation. The ABS are backed by the highest quality, most premium whiskies from world-renowned distilleries, including Port Ellen, Mortla, Kalila, Talisker, and others. The ABS allows accredited investors to own a portion of these whisky casks for a fraction of that price. And to be clear, if you're not familiar with the world in which we're dipping a toe today, ABS is asset-backed security, as mentioned earlier in the article. Okay. Okay, so that, that's question one underway, and that's actually the, the longest answer that, that they have in this little piece here. And I, I think they might even ask questions that we're, we're not overly into right now. I think we've got the meat of what we want to go into. But, but just for, for interest here, the next question is, do accredited investors buying such securities incur any particular fees? Are there certain minimums they must put in to buy such securities? The answer, there is no minimum investment amount for this unique product, though it is worth noting that each ABS, asset-backed security, token purchased represents one bottle of the particular whiskey selected. Competitive fees apply and are determined by member firms on a transaction-by-transaction -transaction basis. So given what was in the first answer and now given what's in the second answer, this isn't necessarily purchasing casks as an investor. This is purchasing a share in a cask as an investor. And you, upon your return, can decide, am I drinking my share? Am I reinvesting my share? Am I selling my share? What am I doing with this? And so it, it, it seems, seems like a thing. <clears throat> Question. <clears throat> yeah, go on. Mm -hmm. Yep, go on. Yep, continue. Yep, totally normal. Yes. Yep, Joshua is totally yep. calm. <laughs> Calmer than you are, dude. <laughs> what sort of risks would you say need to be flagged to anyone thinking about this sort of investment? The key thing investors should be aware of is that authenticity matters. The majority of whiskey trading currently takes place through an auction. When whiskey is bought through an auction site, it is difficult to ascertain the authenticity of the liquid in the bottle. Instead, there is a reliance on the auction site to sieve through thousands of bottles monthly and pick out those of questionable provenance. The ABS offered by Rare Cask Holdings eliminates such issues as the ABS is secured against casks that are currently still stored and aged on site at the suppliers, distilleries, and warehouses. By listing these ABS on HGX, the provenance of the underlying whiskey assets are guaranteed. Counterparty risks are also minimized as HGX 
is an MAS-regulated private exchange, which seems to mean only verified accredited investors can trade on HGX, and the supplier will directly bottle and deliver the bottles of whiskies to Freeport, Singapore. Um, some of you more knowledgeable than, than me may know what MAS is. I do not, but it clearly speaks to regulation within the country in which the trading is happening. And I do want to come back to this type okay. of guarantee that's being placed here in the second half. A uh, couple more questions. Why, in your view, has whiskey become such a popular asset class globally? Increasing standards of living, changes in lifestyle, consumption habits, and a spike in demand in new markets such as China are major factors propelling the sustained long-term growth in demand for whiskey. Also, as we enter an era of low interest rates, smart money is increasingly gravitating towards alternative investments as the hunt for yield continues to grow, alongside an increasing desire for diversification from public markets. The fact that whiskey can be consumed and therefore becomes rarer and more valuable over time also makes it a sought-after investment as a potential long-term hedge against inflation. A part that we heard earlier. There's there's then a question about, you know, will other types of drinks become hot investment ideas? I'm not getting into that in, in this podcast. Uh, final question. Is your cascaged uh, Negronis won't, won't be a good ASB? I think there could be something there. ABS? Whatever, man. Continue the story. <laughs> final question, and this is, ex this is how the article ends. There's no conclusion. It's final question and done. Does your firm do seminars, etc., to educate and inform investors about whiskey, the varieties, etc.? That is a beautifully formed question. As a consortium-led private exchange... We take a bottom-up approach to building the exchange of the future and pride ourselves on the leading expertise of the members across our network. Our educational initiatives include presentations on alternative asset products organised by our member firms such as Funnell, Prime Partners and Philip Capital, as well as proprietary research on alternative investments that are exclusively available to all accredited investors on our platform. We're going to go give Joshua a rub down with a brick. We'll be back for the second half. My initial reaction to this story, Jason, <laughs> is that I, I would say 80 to 95% of the words used in that article and through the series of, of questions and then answers to those questions have nothing to do with actual whiskey. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's like the antithesis of whiskey. Yeah, I mean, you... you uh, I, was, I was getting angry because... I think it was on Archer, the show Archer, which which I've never really watched, but but it, people use Archer quite a lot in 
in situations like this where they they would use his voice and they would say something like, oh, you want to kill the whiskey industry? Because <laughs> this is how you kill a whiskey industry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you and I have talked about this before, at least privately. The and And again, this is separate to this article, but I think in a not so tangential way it, it it's it it's quite connected the idea of cask investment which is getting pitched here there and everywhere by by many companies to me is is more scary and more dangerous than actual stock investment because you're you're buying into the the hope that that cask will produce a fantastic whiskey you're buying into the hope that that cask will not lose too much liquid. You're buying into the hope that that cask, when right, because you want the whiskey to get older, the older it is, the more valuable it is. You're buying into the hope that that cask stays above 40% alcohol. It's a really risky game. And, and you and I know, we, we speak to our friends in the industry who have direct relationships with various distilleries, and they say, hey, we got our, we got our cask store bottling hall, and five of them came completely empty. Mm. Right? And, and so it's a really, really risky proposition. Now, my, my hope is that if this company is touting distillery names such as Talisker, such as McAllen, and you know I forget the, the other names that they said, that they actually have those casks in their bond, uh, I, I get nervous. There's so much shady stuff that could be happening. I'm not saying this company is being shady. I'm just saying you've got 25 million casks of whiskey out there some of them being unidentified it's it just all seems so risky to me yeah there's a there's a couple of points i want to make one of them i want to pivot back to what you just said a moment ago about the prevalence of this part of the industry mm-hmm. and i i was telling you and Jess this maybe a couple of weeks ago um my cousin who's a musician had reached out to me and said Jason, you're in the whiskey industry. I'm I'm seeing a lot of talk around cask investment. Is this a thing I should be getting involved with? Is this a thing that I should be thinking about for my retirement? And I, I wrote him back and I, and I said, don't do it, man. Don't do it. It's... Mm-hmm. It's a part of the industry. And then you just alluded to this a moment ago where... A lot of things can change very quickly. And again, we are very aware of the lists that are floating around with casks on them. And we know there are casks being offered for sale by people who are not in ownership of them. And I'm not bringing that up to say, whoa, this is wildly illegal, right? I'm bringing it up to say, this is how the industry has worked for a long time. A broker will reach out with a cask list to say, here's something I could offer you if you had interest in it. Let me know if you have interest in it. I will seal the deal behind the scenes and that cask will become yours. That's, That's how the industry has operated and that's how we understand a part of the industry to operate and we are perfectly okay with that. We've done deals along those lines. Of course. 
The problem is when lists begat lists that begat lists that begat lists, where you've now got five different margins on a cask price that's being offered to you, Joe Public, and the sale of that cask is miles away from you. That's deeply concerning because at any point, anyone in that chain could go belly up. Is that a dog in your house? I have no idea what that noise was. <laughs> it's our lawyers. <laughs> to reiterate what our dog lawyer was saying there, uh, <laughs> we in no way are talking about this one uh this one company, Rare Cask Holdings, we do not know anything about their business. We're just talking about what we see on the front lines in the industry. But the second point I want to make is it's very difficult to pivot from what a particular bottle sold for to what a cask of whiskey once bottled could sell for. And and I and I did worry about it. You and I were sitting with Sukinder Singh last January, mm-hmm. um, right next to one of these 1926, 60-year-old Macallan bottles, talking about it going for sale at auction. And <sighs> Sukinder, in talking about collecting, had talked about the connection to the bottle, right? Yes. The people who are in the circles within which he had been moving for a number of years and what individual bottles meant to him, to then come along and say, okay, that bottle is now worth 1.2 million, 1.5 million, is to completely disconnect it from the life that the bottle has lived. And I think trying to impart that life on liquid that is sitting in cask is incredibly difficult, to put it as nicely as I possibly can. That's putting it very, very nicely. You know, thinking about about someone who might, read about this sort of investment opportunity and making the decision to put the care for or the personal connection to that whiskey to the side to say, all right, I'm going to start tracking this as an investment, takes out all of the soul of whiskey. Correct. It, it, it's an... And I'm going to make a personal connection here. You know, before you and I started Single Cast Nation, and before Single Cast Nation got as big as it did, you and I were, and we still are, but but I'll explain the fight in a second, were whiskey geeks first and foremost. And our passion lied, you know, with the whiskey and and for the whiskey and saw the magic in whiskey. But I fight daily when it comes to selling cases to this person, selling a cask to this shop and so forth. I fight calling whiskey askew. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
connecting it to an item number that a distributor might sell to a retailer. Them, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's taking away all of the heart and soul of whiskey. And when someone makes that conscious decision to remove the soul, I, I just, I think that's tragic. And the other thing that I will say too is the more people focus on the value of whiskey, and, and whiskey has gone up in value because more and more people are starting to enjoy it, more and more people are, are, are looking to look for those esoteric bottles, etc. You know, the cost of a Lagavulin 16-year-old went from a $45 bottle 10 years ago, or maybe 45 to $55 10 years ago, to a $100 bottle now. As this goes up, it's going to get to a point where bottle prices are, uh, are, are not tangible. People are going to stop buying. We're, gonna, we're already entering a bit of a whiskey lock. I don't know if you saw recently, Diageo's sales on spirits globally are down 8%. I did see 8%. that. 8%. I really feel as if we're on the edge of, uh, of a little bubble or a growing loch, and I fear that, in, that various forms of investment will only help to fuel this loch impending crash. Yeah, there's a, there's a part of this where last year when you and I were, were covering the question, is too much whiskey being released? And and we had both a yes and a no answer, but it depends on which hat you were wearing. I know that as we come to an article like today's, if you're an investor, and our friend Taylor Cope has pointed this out on Twitter multiple times, he's he's professional investor. That is mm-hmm. his daily job. And he has gone to great pains over Twitter to say, you should not be investing in whiskey. It's, mm-hmm. it's a hugely dangerous proposition. And he has his reasons, his professional reasons for saying all of that. You and I are not professional investors. No. no As no. you rightly said a moment ago, you and I are whiskey geeks. And when you talk about the, the loss of soul in whiskey, that's exactly it. And... To come back to my earlier point about bottles, individual bottles that become worth millions exist within an historical context. Yes. And and we, in in some who have this type of money, and I think this is, to my mind, this is true of of artwork, uh, of paintings as well. If you have enough money, you can buy a very small portion of history. You can own history. And, and I'll give you a very quick example. And this, this speaks to the soul that you and I are talking about. A couple of years ago, I was through in DC, went to the National Gallery of Art, stood next to a self-portrait as painted by Vincent van Gogh, right? Mm-hmm. Van Gogh for my American cousins, right? And I stood next to that artwork. It, it wasn't ringed off. You could stand right next to it. And I stood next to brush strokes made by the artist. Mm -hmm. For a moment in time, I stood next to history. Mm -hmm. 
and it's it, magic, right? And, and it yep. genuinely gave me goosebumps. Mm-hmm. And if I was a rich fella and I could go around buying art to have in my home, I could have these moments in history in my home that I could exist amongst, right? And, and I think that is true of whiskey. And, and part of my great love affair with whiskey is looking at a bottle and connecting to the people who made it. One of the great treats that you and I got to taste was a 1953 Glenfarclas single cask mm-hmm. uh, put out by Wealth Management Solutions, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Right? Yep. right? People who help rich people spend their money. And that at the time was a £6,000 bottle of 1953 Glenfarclas. But it connected me in time to the people who distilled that in 1953, the grand ownership that was in place in 1953. And that bottle was valuable to me in that historical context. And I was lucky that I got to open my sample, drink my sample, write my notes on that sample, and and inhale, and I don't think that's the correct term for drinking, but imbibe doesn't sound quite as positive, the historical context of that liquid. And I, and I think part of that generates the, the fervor around it at auction. I don't think it's just the fact that it's old whiskey. Old whiskey has a price that exists separately from a bottle that was bottled in 1960 that captures multiple layers of historical context. So a few things here. Firstly, (laughs) a few things and then we're out of here. (laughs) (laughs) We were were very lucky in that that Glenfarclas was actually good. When whiskey gets to be that age, you are amazingly lucky if it's good. So that made that particular release special. Right back to the word I used before, magic. Right, that that was a magical release. My my issue is, you've got twenty five million casks of whiskey sloshing around in Scotland at any given time. Annually, between regular releases, various single cast releases from independent bottlers, from distilleries, private bottlings, etc. Annually you have about 10,000 whiskey releases happening. I'm trying to remember where I got that number from. It could have been the malt whiskey yearbook. It may have been from another source. Anyway, my, my point is how many of those 10,000 releases has that special quality that the 53 Glenn Farkless has, that that 60-year-old McAllen has? It's so few and far between that it, it makes me very nervous for the investor. The other thing that makes me nervous for the investor is people who are looking to invest in whiskey now are investing at the height of its value, right? When I was collecting comic books in the 80s and 90s and happened to get a copy of Spider-Man 300, I was really lucky because it increased in value to buy hundreds. Now I think it's worth thousands. But I bought it for whatever the price was, $1.95, $2.95, whatever it was. Yep. And now you've, you've got bottles of whiskey that are selling for 
thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, a million plus. And are these people buying those assets uh, because they're hoping they'll grow in value or because they want mantelpieces? Either way, there's a huge chance that that bit of magic, that that soul, that that connection to the distillery, the connection to the people who made it, it is gone. As always, Joshua, there's so much more we could say here. And, and a, boy, if we would get a dram inside us, there's really a lot more we could say here. But in the interest of time, we're going to draw to a close here. If you, dear listener, would like to reach out to us, either with a comment or a news story that you'd like to see us cover, just drop us a note, questions at onenationunderwhiskey.com, no E in whiskey. You can also go find our One Nation Under Whiskey page at Facebook, just do a search uh, for One Nation Under Whiskey. Do we have an extra, extra page, Joshua? Jason, we have an extra, extra page. It's pretty new. It's, 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 uh, it's still about two, three weeks old, so we're still nursing it but it's growing. There you go. Facebook search for extra, extra. It's all about whiskey and you'll locate us as well. Until next time, Whiskey Cherub. And until next time, Whiskey Wizard. Chin chin. Two chins. Chin chin squared. Cheers, dear listeners. We're out of here. (laughs) 